double toil and trouble. Some topics discussed may make people uncomfortable. For fair is foul and foul is fair. On this podcast, we will definitely swear. A lot. Now round the cauldron go, trigger warnings listed in the notes below. Thrice and once the hedge pig whined, the cocktails cry, it's time, it's time. By the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. Maiden, mother, crone. Plot twist, we're all the crone. The stories aren't all made up and the points don't matter. Welcome listeners to The Weird Sisters, a podcast about the blurst and bizarre and all the things you were happier not knowing about. It's day 1000 of quarantine. I'm uh, on day 105. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's been... It only it's feels been like it's maybe been six weeks. <laughs> yeah. It's been that long for me. I've either been bedridden or in quarantine. Oh, I'm counting my ho- my hospital time as quarantine. No, that counts. Well, you that were totally pretty counts. isolated. I was very isolated. I had that room all yeah. to myself. Yeah, the, the, equi- the, the equipment. Room. Yeah. <laughs> Limited visiting hours and numbers. Yes. Also, I had no hay fever while I was in hospital. Isn't that crazy? But as soon as I came out, I was. I had, like, crazy hay fever. Oh, God. It's to protect the aliens they have in the hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Can't let them breathe in our human spores. That's true. So I learned a fun fact about hay fever that I thought I'd share because I've shared it with many people since I found it out. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the reason that uh, we see an increase in uh, hay fever, especially around the actual season, is because there are male trees and female trees in the world of pollination and male trees produce more pollen and because there's been more male genome pl- trees planted and plants planted, there's just like an influx of more pollen. So it's tree junk, jizz, yeah. sperm. Sperm getting in your face. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh. I'm so glad I have that in my sinuses. Yeah. It's like when you watch love- a David Attenborough thing about the ocean and all the coral starts to like populate and things like that. And you're yeah. like, fuck, I hope I'm, nobody was swimming in that, like all that gross <sighs> shit. How, how much does a whale nut? Yeah, apparently oh, it's like insane. <laughs> <laughs> There's questions that I have as well about that sort of thing. Like whales are mammals and mammals yes. tend to get menstruation. Is yes. the sea just full of giant whale ovum leftovers? Look, potentially, because like dogs and like other mammals also, when they're in heat, get a period. It's very weird. I didn't realize it was a thing until probably like a year ago. <laughs> Yeah. I was very old when I realised that, like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I think bizarre. some animals don't get, like, some dogs in particular don't get it um, because I think they've been spayed and things like that. Yes. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I don't yes, know. Yes, that is, that is correct, yes. Ah. Because yeah, the, the person, yeah, the person that I saw whose dog was, like, going through it was, like, not spayed because they wanted to, like, use her as a breeding dog. And I was like, I'm going to, enough Instagram for today. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Yep, done with that. Not interested. <laughs> anyway, who the fuck are you, Hags? Um, for, just because I needed to go on to <laughs> and see about whale stuff. They, <laughs> they don't. Whales don't menstruate. They don't? They don't. No, only primates and <gasps> elephant shrews menstruate. What the fuck is an elephant shrew? <gasps> Those are the mouses with the long noses. Yeah. And they're like... The big Whoa. nose. Yeah. But dogs menstruate. What? Yeah, yeah. also dogs. But oh, okay. that's okay. a different process. Yeah, oh. it doesn't happen very often. I think with dogs, yeah, it's not, it's like, not like a, a monthly. Yeah, it's situation. not a monthly. 
Cool. Oh. So off that fucking topic. Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck are we? Um, I am Laura, and I am the nappy that the dog mums force their poor menstruating baby girls to wear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I know. So I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I am Tay, and I am the rusty pair of broken scissors left behind at a crime scene. Oh, mm. very nice. And I am Lacey. I'm the family member who will never know what happened to their child. Oh, grim. Now I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, children. Um, yeah. This podcast will make you think twice about having those things. The perfect yeah. birth control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been called other things before in my life, but I think I like that one the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is a very grim episode. Um Warnings are child death and mutilation. Molestation. And yes, uh, there yeah. is sexual abuse mentioned. So if those are problems for you, um, there's no shame in missing this episode. That's fine. Uh, we'll be back with you next week. Well, not next week, next fortnight, you know. Um, so, yeah, don't don't feel like you have to listen to this. Don't put yourself through something that might upset you. Yep. <laughs> Shall we begin? Uh, well, I did have some housekeeping just before we okay. crack into it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, please. One of our listeners has a birthday when this episode gets released. Ooh. Ooh. Wonderful. Happy birthday to Siobhan. Yes, that's all I'm going to sing it about. You get two bars. <laughs> uh, yeah, happy birthday, Siobhan. Thank you for listening. Yay. Um, we have a couple of comments from YouTube. So thank you to uh, Mediocre6 and the full stop it's just a single full stop i i would love to shout you out but you don't have a name (laughs) Um, and also to grass and safety pins and things which is my beautiful and talented friend rebecca um who i did fashion with back in the day and also thank you to jackson on twitter amazing we love and appreciate everyone's comments yes Yes. Thank you for the validation. Yes, yes. always. Thank you for the validation. <laughs> we always post your little screen caps of the comments in our Discord and scream together happily. Yes. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, if you want to evoke that reaction from us, you know how. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bring a little sunshine to our ISO, please. Yay. <laughs> um, I am first today mm-hmm. in our stories. Um, and just in case uh, you haven't cottoned on, we have a theme today of... Um, child murderers. So I decided to have a look into something that I'd never heard about before. Um, I was watching a YouTube compilation of, uh, I've forgotten how you say his name. You know how I say his name, uh, Lacey. We were talking about him last night. Oh, Rob Gavigan. Yes. Formerly Rob, Rob Gavigan. Dyke. Yeah. Yes. Formerly Rob Dyke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we had to change his name because YouTube's algorithms suck. Um, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was watching one of his compilations on the most evil kids in history. Uh, and one popped up and I was like, I have never heard about this before. And I found it really hard to get any information on, but I thought I would cobble together what I could find and tell you guys about Gabriel Kuhn and David Petrie. Heard about him? No. Never. (gasps) Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's from, uh, Brazil, um, for a start. So in part, that's sort of why it has been difficult to find information. Cause obviously a lot of stuff hasn't been translated to English. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what Google, I use Google Translate, Translate. <laughs> Exactly. But I use Google Translate. And even then, like a lot of the articles are really spotty on information. Uh, but 
there is very graphic images that pop up when you search for this. So just a warning, if you're going to Google this case, you will see horrible things that you maybe don't want to see. Um, so be very cautious. I want to Google it now. Wait. Okay. Wait until I've told you what you will see. Okay. All right. uh, I need I need context for the horror. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plus, also spoilers. Don't Google until I've told you what was happening. Uh, Take it away. Okay. So, basically, uh, the two boys, D- Gabriel Kuhn and David Petri, live in Santa Catarina in Brazil. Uh, they're relatively close neighbors. They live in the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. By all accounts, uh, Gabriel was a very sweet kid, came from a stable family, loving family, etc. Um, by comparison, typical, I guess, in what we see in a lot of these cases with kids, uh, Daniel was considered quite aggressive from a young age. Um, his parents uh, had a lot of trouble with him. They sent him to a psychiatric therapy hospital and he refused to attend or he would leave early. Uh, and he eventually just left school altogether when he was quite young, um, and they didn't really try to make him go back, as far as I could tell. Oh, God. Yep, so he spent a lot of time instead watching television and online, um, and that is where he met uh, 12-year-old Gabriel. So when they met, Daniel is 16 years old, um, and prior to the case, that's basically everything that I can find. What year is this? In 2007. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not oh. very long ago, uh, but it is ten years ago. Well, plus, and every time I think about that, that upsets me because I graduated in two thousand and eight, so I remember exactly when this is. <laughs> so they meet online through an MMO um, called Tibia. Have you guys ever heard of that one? No. Really? It's like one of the longest running games. Um, really? Yeah. It's like from nineteen ninety seven, uh, and it's wow. you can still play it now. It still exists. Um, I watched some, yeah, I know. I watched some videos on it, but it, it looks a lot like RuneScape, which is my be all and end all back in the day. Nice. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, I'm a big RuneScape nerd. Love RuneScape. Um, so yeah, Daniel and Gabriel play together on Tibia. Um, and Gabriel's parents supposedly are really not into this. They think Daniel's way too old to be playing with their 12 year old son. Yep. Um, and they're also aware of his violent outbursts. So. From what I can tell, either they'd known each other for a little while, um, or in their neighborhood, Daniel uh, was quite notorious, um, or they were good enough friends online that they had met in person as well and hung out, which makes sense because Daniel knows where Gabriel lives by the end of this story. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) So, um... Apparently, Gabriel asked Daniel for a loan in-game to help him progress uh, of 20k gold. And I found out that isn't that much back in the day. Like, apparently, even when you're low level, that might make you 10 hours of gameplay to acquire. Which, to anyone that has played a lot of MMOs, (laughs) that's not very much time. (laughs) That's a drop in the ocean there. Exactly. And apparently, by the time, like, you're quite leveled, uh, it might take you an hour to make that much. So, it's not a huge sum. Yeah. It's a busted um, economy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Patch this. (laughs) Fix it. Um, So yeah, Daniel agrees, uh, but later Gabriel either refuses to pay him back the gold or can't at the point that Daniel starts asking for it back. Yeah. So 23rd of July, uh, 2007, Gabriel blocks Daniel online. And Daniel's infuriated. He calls Gabriel's mother. So how the fuck he knows Gabriel's mother's number? They must have a pretty close relationship. Mm-hmm. Or she's in, in the phone book. 
Well, this is it. She isn't home. She's away. She can't do anything. So she's got a mobile. Uh, and mobiles never went in phone books as far as I was aware. Oh. oh. Yeah. So. Yeah. Don't, I think like white pages and yellow pages was just like landlines. Mm. Yeah. Unless you're a business and you request your mobile to be put in there as far as I was aware. Yes. But, yeah. but yeah, you don't have your home mobile listed. Um, oh, that's creepy. Yeah. Exactly. So I think they probably had a relatively close relationship of some sort as you sort of did when you were a kid, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. When you're friends as a kid back in the 90s, which is how old I am, um, <laughs> like you knew your best friend's home number off by heart as well as you knew your parents and your grandparents. Yes. Very true. And when so, you got your shitty Nokia brick, you had your best friend's mum's number in there. Yeah. So you could be like, we want to have a sleepover. Yeah. Exactly. My friend is out of credit. Can you pick us up from the shops? <laughs> <laughs> or I you once... would like 1-800 yes! it. I was just going to say that. I once got in so much trouble for doing that. <laughs> it's funny. It's not that I did it. It's that I did it and then it connected and I got scared and hung up. So my parents paid $18 for a call I hung up on. <laughs> oh. oh, no. That was a dickhead. God. I was like 10. <laughs> um, always dumb. Never, Never was smart. So, Daniel goes to Gabriel's house, uh, and he basically goes to demand the money back or beat Gabriel up for cheating him. Nice. Um, either one. Good choices. Don't know. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, Daniel rings the doorbell, and Gabriel opens the door, and immediately Daniel begins to brutally punch and kick Gabriel. Gabriel. Oh, God. I know. Oh, <laughs> get ready. Um, <laughs> Gabriel threatens to tell his parents to get Daniel to stop. Uh, and instead, Daniel takes a cable and begins to strangle Gabriel. Um, he drags him to the bedroom and sexually abuses, rapes him. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, shit. I know. It escalated yeah. pretty quickly. Um, he strangles him further to the point that he believes Gabriel to be dead. So he wants to hide the body. So mm-hmm. he tries to hide the body in the attic, but he's not strong enough to lift him up there. Uh, so instead, he retrieves oh. a knife and oh, a hacksaw. No. Oh god. Okay. Yep. 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 Okay. There's a there's some math here between that decision and this decision, and yeah. I'm not good at math, so I'm just gonna keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just further proves that he must have fucking known Gabriel quite well because he knows where the fuck a hacksaw is in his yeah. family's house. I don't know where shit is in my family's house. Mm-mm. I don't know where shit is I still in my forget- own house. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. I still forget which mug, like which cupboard my mug is, is at Tim's house, and I'm like, I'm always opening the wrong cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> and then you feel like you're starting to snoop into his shit, and you're like, oh god, what am I doing? <gasps> oh no, this is where the good crystal is. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yep, yeah, you're right. There's there's some math that goes on. Uh, but basically, he begins to cut off Gabriel's right leg. Um. Gabriel is still alive. Oh, no! <laughs> yep. Uh, he gains consciousness. <gasps> no shit. Fuck. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. He begins consciousness during the amputation and begins to scream. Um, Gabriel has both of his legs removed by Daniel. Uh, Daniel attempted to hide his body in the attic once more by wrapping a cable around his body and using it to hoist him up. It oh. fails. <laughs> Yeah, um, and you know he does that because he left the cable there wrapped around him. 
and these are unfortunately the images that you can see if you Google it. So oh shit! Yeah, be real careful. Uh, it's very easy to find these pictures. Basically, as soon as you put in anyone's name into Google, um, these images start to pop up, and it's not they're the first ones that show up. See, that's why I don't even go on the popular page of Reddit because <laughs> yeah. I'm a baby, and if I, I'll be very upset. And now I'm just, but in my head, I'm like, just Google the name, just Google it, and I'm like, no, <laughs> don't, don't. I, if you like, yeah, no. if you're not someone who's already fucked up like I am, don't Google it. <laughs> Desensitized um, to the world. Yeah. Thank you, Live Leak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks, Rotten.com. My formative years <laughs> on the internet. Body God. Um. Oh, yeah, best score. God. Best score, Even just yeah. the fucking main banner on best score is awful. Yeah. Um, that sticks in my mind forever. No, please. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> witnesses see Gabriel... Oh, sorry. Witnesses see Daniel leave the residence covered in blood. Um, a short while later, Gabriel's brother returns home and discovers Gabriel's body. Uh, he runs next door for help and the neighbor calls the police. Um, supposedly police found G- Daniel and Gabriel's online conversation, which took place okay. very shortly beforehand and was not very happy. Uh, mm-hmm. and they took Daniel into custody almost immediately. Uh, he admits to the crime, but denies the sexual assault, screaming that he wasn't a homosexual, which is not, probably not the word that he used, but no, you know, um, the autopsy concludes otherwise, uh, Gabriel lived through the hacksaw amputation of both of his legs and he resulted died as a result of massive blood loss. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a 12-year-old, by the way. That's the thing that I keep coming back to. Like, it's a very young child who experienced such a horrible, traumatic thing. Over some fucking gold in a video game. Oh. Um, and we'll come, come back to that as well because... Yeah. Weird shit happened after this, like, in relation to the game. Um, Mm -hmm. So Daniel was held at a juvenile detention centre until his sentencing, and he was sentenced through three years in a juvenile detention centre. That's the maximum penalty for young offenders in Brazil. So he served three years. He was released in September of 2010. Nothing further has been found out about him since, uh, but he was born the same year as me in 1991, so he would now be 28 or 29, and he would have been out for almost a decade. Um, Oh, that's chilling. Yeah. Gabriel was born in 1995, and he would have been 25 this year. Oh, gosh. So there's a quote from Daniel after he was uh, basically put into the juvenile detention centre, and he said... Gabriel cheated, and I will make him pay for all of his actions, as he said that there is in heaven or hell, if there is a hell, uh, he is there, and I will find him, and I will take revenge again. Right. I don't Fuck. think I don't think he's in hell um, for taking <laughs> 20k gold. Um, <laughs> I just googled it. I couldn't help myself. I googled it. I knew oh. you fucking would. You've been quiet for too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, it's dear. Awful. There's just so much blood. Yeah, it's yeah. um, it's very upsetting. You see everything. Yeah, you do. You mm. do. Um, I'm gonna give that one a miss. Yeah, yeah don't do don't it. Don't do it, man. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, a lot of people, because Daniel actually later said like the game made him crazy. 
Um, obviously it didn't. Like, he had psychiatric problems prior to this. Okay. Um, but a lot of people, apparently, and this is something that I couldn't verify. I just couldn't find this information. Uh, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of, like message boards for tibia um that like people got really mad about like a lot of people were claiming that this whole case was fake it didn't happen or it did happen but the game wasn't related or Uh the pictures were all faked they weren't real um yeah all sorts of stuff and basically like apparently uh like it must have been more than that i think my brain's latching onto the 20k number i think it was more than that but um basically the reports that i've managed to get translated said that like a whole like couple of thousand people or more went to the streets and protested against tibia being involved in this murder and basically were like the game's not violent it's like we know that but i guess you think by 2007 people would be like yeah the game really didn't have anything to do with this the kid was the problem here um But yeah, people were really upset about it. People are still trying to say that this didn't happen, which is why it's so interesting trying to find information about this case because these I couldn't find a lot of direct news reports even in yeah. news in Brazil. It's fairly weird. Really, really yeah. weird. But the pictures pop up straight away. They do. They fully do. Yep. <laughs> First yep. image result on Google. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, that's the case of Gabriel Kuhn and Daniel Petri. Um, my sources that I did manage to find, uh, it's in a lot of YouTube compilations, so yeah. I don't know where their sources were because I went straight to them to try and find out where they got their info and they don't list it. So I'm mad yeah. about that. But I read through a lot of different Reddit threads. Uh, there is a mention in Wikipedia of it, but the link that goes to it is now dead and the two references mentioned are now missing. Um, so Oops. I got the majority of my info from uh, reallifevillainsfandom.com. Wikipedia. Fandom. Fandom.com. Okay. Yep. I didn't know this was a thing, but it's a big-ass fucking wiki for real-life villains. And they really mean real-life villains. I've got, like, Fidel Castro and the Columbine shooters and all sorts of Holy people shit. in there. It's yeah, very it's weird. Because there's fandom wikis for lots of things, but, like, real-life villains. Would you call them a villain? I feel like that's that's too a downplay of a word for people like that. It's a bit like too disneyfying what they've done. It is done. very Disney. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little it's a problematic term in my head. Mm. <laughs> mm. But yeah, no, I don't know what else you call them though as a group, would you? I guess. That's probably like varying degrees yeah. of villainry. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because like when I watch a lot of movies, I often identify with the villain and I really like them, so I don't like the idea of people who went out and murdered kids and you know genocide and shit like that yeah to be in the same class as loki and shit like that i, I love don't know yeah loki. me too i like loki a lot i like funny trickster characters yeah 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 get help yeah uh but yeah i also got my information from tibia community um which is a a big blog for tibia uh and escrito conan blogspot.com uh don't know how to pronounce that i'm really sorry i went in strong and i hoped i could fumble my throat through it i didn't Um, the confidence was there the confidence (laughs) is there yeah side note there was something really interesting that i came across while i was researching for this trying to find out which one i would do there's a documentary quite a short one it's only about 30 minutes long called child of rage from cbs oh, 1992 that's I on love, youtube love so, child of yeah. rage so it's the, so interesting it's such 
a chilling interview. So chilling. That poor yeah, kid. Yeah, I almost, I almost chose her. Mm. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's just the the level of just awfulness of that story. It just it keeps going. <laughs> yeah, and the comments mm. are horrid because yes. So to give some context about what we're talking about for people who obviously haven't seen it, because we're freaks and we just Google weird shit. Yeah. Um. So on YouTube, this documentary is about a very little girl and her very young brother. She's only about four, um, yeah. maybe six. I think is how old she is when she's being interviewed. Um who have been adopted by parents from an extremely abusive household. Um, And she's been so abused that she emotionally cannot empathize. And so she takes her rage out on her younger brother. Um, And she's being interviewed by child psychologists and they're looking to help her, obviously. Um, And she's matter of fact, explaining why she does things and how she does them. And they're very, horrible and quite graphic um, because she doesn't understand that it's not what you're meant to be doing. And she's only a very, very little girl. And the comments from people on YouTube are like, I hope she rots in hell and stuff. And it's like the documentary literally explains that she's the victim here and what happened to her has made her this way. And at the end of it, she does recover quite a lot. Um, And you're still like, I hope she rots in hell. What the fuck is wrong with you? That's a baby. Like, yes. it's not her fault that she is this way and she does try to get better. Yeah, she doesn't want to be that way. It no. fucks me up. It really upsets Who me. Who would want to be that way? <laughs> well, think- some children, from what I have yeah. found Googling fucking this case, were like yeah. looking up to this in a weird way. I didn't like it. It was very upsetting. I feel like mm. that's very much a, a teen thing. Very teen. Is to, yeah. like, the, like Columbine, Columbine shooters, like, there is a whole... Fandom is not the right word, but it is the word that fits. There is a fandom around those shooters. Definitely. People, yeah, people think they're handsome. They look up to them. It's quite bizarre. Yep. What about the guy, the Boston Bomber, Boston Marathon Bomber? And people were like, oh, he's really attractive. Um, He shouldn't shouldn't go to jail because he's really attractive. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) It's like all the women that that wrote to Ted Bundy. Oh, God. It's very yeah. bizarre. Yeah. And all the people that think Jeffrey Dahmer's attractive and shit like that. Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> was not attractive. He wasn't. He was really not. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, I could see it without the glasses on. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just the silence. The bean of, like, processing. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. But, well, uh, thank you. That's my story. Thanks for listening. Thank, thank you. Thanks for that horrific retelling. Thanks, man. <laughs> Anytime, mm. champs. Who's next? Yes. Uh, that would be me. Yeah. yeah. Um, Plus. So, similar to uh, Child of Rage, my uh, story does include a child that is quite young. Not and as rage. young. She's Yes, and lost. Dude, so much rage. Um, so, uh, this is the story of Mary Bell. <gasps> yes! I love Mary Bell! Oh my god, that's so <laughs> interesting. I watched a doggo on her. It's crazy. Tell me everything. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Amazing. Wonderful. I hope I can give you a little bit more detail on certain things because I found some cool uh, sites that actually had her statements on them. Ooh. <gasps> I don't think I've yeah. seen statements. No, I yeah. haven't. I definitely haven't. I'm very yeah. keen. Yes. All right. Let me set the scene. <clears throat> so on May 25th of 1968, two boys were playing in an abandoned housing estate in Newcastle, England. 
Inside one of the dilapidated houses, they discovered the body of four-year-old Martin Brown. Beside his body was an empty pill bottle, and police were notified, and his death was presumed an accident, and they had no suspects. So Mary Bell was born on May 26, 1957, to 17-year-old Betty Bell. Mary's life did not have a good start. (laughs) Mm. Um, So when Mary was born, um, Betty told the nurse to take her away. She didn't want her. Um... Betty tried to give Mary away to a woman outside an abortion clinic. Holy shit! That's um, not she the just... person who's going to want it, though. No. no um, was she protesting against abortion? She's like, here, have uh, my Potentially. Oh, I you thought she was just so handing much. it off to someone who's about yeah. to... <laughs> well, she, yeah, she's just trying to get rid of it. So um, a bit of backstory about Betty. Apparently, um, Betty was um, a sex worker. Mm-hmm. She, was in, she, was, she performed prostitution. Um... And she was uh, no way in any way related to the sex work, but she was a shitty mum, obviously. Yeah. She's trying to give her baby away at an abortion clinic. She's a shitty mum. But she's also like a kid herself. She's a teen mum. Yeah. Um, 17. Okay. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so after the, didn't want her, tried to get rid of her. So then allegedly, Betty had attempted to kill Mary. multiple times in the first few years of Mary's life. So these attempts were made to look accidental. So Mary at one point fell, I have quoted around this, fell from a window, (gasps) which apparently led to brain damage. So there's trauma to her prefrontal cortex, which is the area of the brain associated with voluntary movement and decision making. (laughs) Head injuries are huge things, serial killers. Yeah. All of them have massive head injuries. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then she, uh, Mary had overdosed on sleeping pills, uh, though a family member claims to, they saw Betty offering them to Mary as sweets. Oh. <sighs> yeah. So, uh, not great. Um, gets worse. Uh, there's also claims that Betty prostituted Mary out to local men starting at the age of four. Jesus Christ. Yes. So this kind of continued on through her life. Um, and that's like... A pretty significant cycle of abuse. Yeah. yeah. So Mary, yeah. So Mary also used to show signs of like classic like child abuse symptoms. Like she would wet the bed. She was nervous. She used to have to have control over everything. She was a compulsive liar. Mm-hmm. Betty would take Mary's face and rub it into the bed after she'd soiled it. Oh. And like she was very into humility. She hated her daughter. Yeah. Fuck. Like- but as a teen mom who probably doesn't know the. F- like, she didn't know the father. Yeah. Mm. No one really knows. Apparently, Betty had married a guy named Billy, um, like, a year or two after Mary was born. People, like, kind of speculate if he was the biological father, but we don't know. Yeah. So, like, all this stuff is just kind of turning into this knot of rage, as we said before. Yeah. Another child of rage. Yes. Mm. Um, yes. So the um, the Bell family lived in Scottswood, Newcastle. So crime rates in this area were like super high. A lot of domestic violence cases, lots of robberies. Um, their house was pretty run down. It was pretty bare of furniture. It was all, often like pretty dirty. So Mary had a poor childhood as well as a poor childhood. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, so at school, uh, teachers described Mary as a disruptive child, a show-off and a liar. Mm-hmm. She would repeatedly say she would hurt people and brag that she was a murderer. Mm-hmm. She wanted to hurt people. She, like, kind of, I guess, got off yeah, on that kind back, of control. Yeah. yeah. 
And then Mary, despite all of her cruel nature, she made a friend in Norma Bell. No relation beyond friendship. They just had the same last name by happenstance. Um, so Norma was 13 and Mary was 10 at the time that this whole case takes place. Mm, okay. Just, Mary was very young. Um, so on May 11th of 1968, Mary and Norma were playing with a three-year-old boy atop an air raid shelter. The boy fell. I've put this in many quotation marks. Well. He <laughs> fell from atop the shelter and it was deemed an accident. Yeah. Um, the next day, uh, Mary attacked and choked three young girls in the neighborhood. The girls' mothers, um, their separate mothers, yeah. uh, reported the incident to the police. Um, Mary was interviewed by the police um, and, it was, and was released after a stern lecture. And no charges were pressed. Okay. she's 10. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a 10-year-old who does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so two weeks later, young Martin Brown uh, is discovered dead in the abandoned housing. Um, the boy we mentioned at the start. Oh. So uh, Mary and Norma followed the two boys who found Martin inside the house. They followed them in. And when the police arrived, the girls were ordered to leave the scene. Um, and coroner reports state that Martin did not die from pills, but from asphyxiation. Okay. So he was also strangled. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next day, May 26, this is Mary's birthday. Um, Norma's father caught Mary choking his other daughter. He slapped Mary and sent her away. Shit. Yeah. So she likes choking people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's got a, I guess she must just, yeah. There's a pattern. Yeah. Um, so later that night, um, the girls vandalized a local nursery school. So they trashed the rooms. They took all the cleaning equipment and supplies and spilt them everywhere. They wrote a bunch of notes um, and left them there confessing to the murder of Martin Brown, oh. saying things like, we're fucking murderers. Uh, you bastards will never find us. We did it. Then they had like a bunch of like homophobic slurs and stuff like that. And it was just a whole thing. Yeah. It tells <laughs> you a lot about the environment those children are in. Yes. Like, like I think I've said this on the podcast before. Um, when I was a kid, um, there was a guy that would bully me. And my friend and I were walking home one day and the kid like... He was much older. He, like, was riding his bike behind us and he was, like, tell said something nasty to me that was, like, fuck your mum. And I was, like, I do fuck my mum. And my friend was, like, do you know what that means? I'm, like, no. <laughs> um, when I found out, I was very upset. And my mother, sh I hope you're not listening to this. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, like, I think I was, like, 10 or 11 and I had no idea about any of that or what that meant. It wasn't until I was probably, like, just leaving primary school as a 12-year-old that I started to figure that shit out. Yes. Um, and I don't think I was a particularly sheltered child, uh, but, like, I don't think a lot of kids back in the day, like, now it's different with the internet and things like that. When yeah. your primary yeah. source of information, though, is your direct, like, family and the people around you, obviously mm -hmm. that's going to have a big effect on what you know and the language that you use and things like that. So if these kids, 10 and 13, are using that sort of language um, and thinking about those sorts of things, like, fuck, that environment must be harsh. Exactly. Well, there was, um, in the statement, this just reminds me of, like, of Mary's actual statement um, that she said. She said that at one point when they were walking home from somewhere, there was a... Um, a black kid yep. in the, in the street, and they had yelled at him. What did they say? They said, 
again, I apologize, I am trying to paraphrase, it is quite upsetting. They said that he needs to be whitewashed and they need to wash his skin because he's dirty. Oh, oh yeah. Jesus Christ. So there is, like, this whole environment they are in is quite full of rage. Like, there is just so much hate in this environment they're in. Yeah. So four days later, after the girls um, trashed the nursery school, uh, this is May 30th, just for some like grounding in the timeline, uh, Mary visited the Brown household um, of the young boy who died, <laughs> Martin, um, asking if she could see him. Martin's mother gently tried to remind Mary that Martin passed away, like he's de he's dead. She's trying to grieve, but she's also going to be like, okay, to try and let this kid down easy. To which Mary responded, I know he's dead. I wanted to see him in his coffin. Oh, no. What a charming little girl. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And so I believe after that, she was yeah. very much promptly sent yeah. away. <laughs> um, so the day, uh, next, the next day, the 31st, um, a recently installed alarm system at the nursery school alerted police to another break-in. Uh, when they arrived on the scene, they found Mary and Norma loitering outside the school. Both girls denied any involvement in the break-ins and were let go. Right. Yes. Uh, and then a week later, uh, Mary attacked Norma at school. <laughs> oh. Um, she scratched and kicked Norma in the head and eye. She screamed, I am a murderer, then pointed towards the house that Martin Brown died in and said, that's where I've killed. Um, a kid on the playground saw it, but just laughed. She was because such a liar. Of yeah. Mary's, yeah, Mary's reputation of being a liar. So then we have kind of two months of like not much at all. Like I'm sure Mary did plenty of bragging, more bragging about murder and killing in this time. Uh, people are spooked, but not like spooked enough to really do anything because like Scottswood is a yeah. rough area. It's a common place for people to get hurt and like her notorious lying. Like everyone's like, yeah, yeah whatever. And then in July, three-year-old Brian Howe goes missing. Mm. Uh, Neighbours and family immediately start uh, searching at the surrounding suburbs. Mary and Norma join in. <laughs> uh, Mary told Brian's sister Pat to check a nearby vacant lot that Brian might be hiding amongst the discarded concrete. Oh. Oh. Uh, Norma denied the claim and urged the group to move on. In Mary's statement, uh, Pat is described as a rough tomboy and if she found out, she'd, quote, kill them for yeah. what they did. Mm. So Norma was probably pretty spooked and just didn't want Pat to <laughs> make mm. the connection. Yeah. Uh, Brian was later discovered where Mary had said he would be, and he was dead. Um, grisly details. Yep. He was strangled to death, and a number of cuts and mutilations had been performed on his body post-mortem. Um, the letter M was carved into his chest, and his genitals were mutilated. Fucking hell. A pair of scissors were found at the scene, and the M was carved with a, a razor blade. Yeah. Um, the, cor the coroner deducted that the killer was probably a child, as the force behind the cause of death did not correlate with the strength of an adult. Yeah. Um, so police started questioning the local children. Mary and Norma's stories were inconsistent, and Mary did a shit job of hiding her interest in mm. the case. <laughs> um, on the day of Brian's burial, Mar Mary was spotted loitering outside the Howe home. Uh, she was said to have been seen smiling as they brought him out of the house and kind of rubbing her hands together. Very villainous, like, <laughs> very more little Disney detail for you. Um, she was brought back for questioning 
by police and Mary claimed she had seen an older boy hit Brian on the day he died. She claimed the boy had been holding a pair of broken scissors. Uh, so big fucking mistake there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Cl- uh, classic murderer slip up. Mary had not only returned to the scene of her crime multiple times, she had also told the police a piece of info that was only known to them. Mm. The discovery of the scissors was not a detail that had been made public. Fuck Mary. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. Fucking idiot. <laughs> so the girls are interrogated by detectives and they kind of, they, they broke down under yeah. the pressure. It was scary. Um, Mary stated, stated, this is a quote, I hadn't done nothing. I haven't got the guts. I couldn't kill a bird by the neck or throat or anything. It's horrible, that. <laughs> um, so yeah. Just relating to their sympathy please oh i couldn't hurt a fly (laughs) so the inconsistencies in their story led the police to believe that mary was the leader of the two girls um when they were charged mary said that's all right with me oh okay yeah she was fine with it (laughs) but norma denied the accusations and said i never i'll pay you back for this i've never done it i never did it yeah damn the the press described mary as evil born She was confident and calm during the trial while Norma was terrified. So the court ruled Mary to be guilty of manslaughter. Court psychiatrists had convinced the jury that she showed classic symptoms of psychopathy. Mm-hmm. Psychopathy? Psychopathy? Yeah. She could she could only be tried for manslaughter, I think as well. There was like a thing because she was yeah. so underage. Like she's a kid. She's, she's 11 yeah. at this point. Little she girl. could not be held fully responsible for her crimes. And Norma was acquitted because they're like, nah. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Um, the prosecution said of the girls at the conclusion of the trial, uh, quote, in Norma, you have a simple backward girl of subnormal intelligence. <laughs> Get shit on Norma. Yeah. Uh, in Mary, you have a most abnormal child, aggressive, vicious, cruel, incapable of remorse, a girl moreover possessed of a dominating personality with a somewhat unusual intelligence and a degree of cunning that is most terrifying. Oh, God. That's scary as fuck. Yes. It just so Mary, makes me think yeah. so much of the little girl in the Child of Rage documentary. Mm. Like, this yes. could have been what happened to her had she not been taken away from that abusive home. Because yeah. Mary wasn't, exactly. obviously. Mary was left there. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary was sentenced to imprisonment at Her Majesty's mm-hmm. Pleasure, which is a great term that pretty much means we're going to let you out when we feel yep. like it. You have an indeterminate amount of time to your sentence. <laughs> it's so wild that that's a thing. Yeah. Or was a thing. I don't know if it still is in England. Isn't it? Like, because in America yeah. and Australia, you hear about people who've committed insanely horrifying acts getting out way fucking early, and everyone's like, "We couldn't keep them in. There was nothing we could sentence them to yeah. that would have kept them in. This is literally the max amount of time that we could have made them go away, and they didn't die while they were in there, so they get to go home." Yeah. Yeah. See, I think that uh, the death penalty should be brought back here. I don't know because of the amount of cases where a person is innocent. Yeah, but when they're fucked in the head, when they're a pedophile, yeah, but they're not going to be rehabilitated and they should just die. I don't want to keep paying What about for if them? they're not? That's the problem. Like, it, it's fine if, the, if you have a death penalty where there's no doubt in yeah. any way, shape or form that that person committed the murder, someone saw it and yeah. there's cameras and shit. Um, but the problem is that most people who are put away for violent crimes and things like that, there isn't evidence like that. Yeah. 
it doesn't exist. And that's what's so upsetting about it. Because, like, I would 100% be on board with death penalty in cases where, like, yep, we have a video of this guy murdering this woman. Okay, great. He's obviously definitely a murderer. Mm -hmm. We don't need him. We don't want to have to pay taxes on him. Fair enough. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't want, like, what's it, Andrew Mallard? The guy that they framed for murdering a woman a couple, like, a decade or two ago in Western Australia... And mm. with uh, changes in DNA and things like that, they're like, he never fucking was anywhere near her. This is someone else's DNA and we know who it is. And they've been dead for 10 years or yeah. whatever happened. Um, and he'd served oh, 20 God. years in prison and he would have gotten the death penalty had we had it, but he didn't commit the crime. Oh, there's a whole grey area and it's very Kill awful. everyone. Yeah. Kill That's everyone. the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. We know who's on board the with the coronavirus, apparently. <laughs> anyway, yeah. moving on. Uh, so despite two escapes and a string of abnormal behaviour in prison, Mary was released in 1980 on yeah. probation. Fuck. That's not that long. Yeah. yeah. Um, she had a daughter. Oh, to a wed to to a wedded man. Oh, okay. Um, and she tried to hide her past from said daughter, but it was always kind of dredged back to the surface. So Mary attempted to write a tell-all book to set the record straight. Quote, um, with a writer named Gita Sereni. I don't know if I'm saying that right because it's such a a strange name. I've never seen it before. Um, they produced a book called Cries Unheard. But after it was published in 1998, her teenage daughter discovered everything. Mm. No way! <laughs> no fucking shit. idiot. Um, so the media swooped in on their house, and Mary and her daughter had to escape with blankets over their heads. Um, she was hidden under protection of the government for her own safety, mm-hmm. and Mary is still under protection of the British government today. And court rulings that protect the identities of criminals are referred to as Mary yep. Bell orders. Oh. Okay. And that is and that is the story of Mary Bell. <gasps> so interesting. Do you know yeah. whether the book was like what the book sort of said? Did she deny everything or She tried to um basically te- it was a, a lot of it was focused on her childhood and trying to be like there's a reason I was like this. It was right. my yeah. upbringing. Yep. And a lot of people wonder if she sensationalized the abuse, but like I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah. It sounded pretty fucked just in, like, the normal yeah. reports yeah. I read that I'm sure, like, it's not that sensationalised. Yeah, I watched some um, documentaries. Also, oh, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, also just, like, the like extent of the killings and the fact that she was 10, I feel like a significant amount of abuse had to have happened for this to be a thing. Mm. So, it's probably not that sensationalised, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> I watched uh, a documentary on YouTube about mm. her, um, and uh, it was... They interviewed the mother of Martin Brown, um, and that was extraordinarily sad. And also some, Mm -hmm. like, other people that were, like, children at the time or lived in the Mm -hmm. area, um, and they all sort of were like, oh, yeah, Mary Brown's mum fucking hated that kid. Yeah. Uh, And all that sort of thing. So, like, even if it was sensationalised in the book, it probably wasn't very much. Sounds like it was a really unhappy home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after she was released from prison, Mary actually moved back in with her mother for a short amount of time. Oh, Probably had nowhere to go, though. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. She didn't have anywhere to go. And I think, like, the... That's probably when she kind of became a little bit more aware of how the extent of her abuse. Because she went through, like, a whole reform thing and reform school and stuff to try and, like... Yeah. F- 
get better. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's just a horrible, horrible thing, really, isn't it? Fuck, that's There's so a couple of uh, photos of her online as a as a young kid. She looks like she should be on the Adams Family. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. does. She had a little yeah. straight across fringe, didn't mm-hmm. she? Yes, mm. yeah. Serving bowl cut goth realness. Um, <laughs> and there are some pictures of her supposedly after she's been released from prison. They do look pretty similar. Yeah. Whether that's matrixing or not, I don't know, but mm. it's interesting. Anyway, a little bit of sauce yes. for you, some sauces. Thank you. Um, all, all that is interesting.com. Yes. Um, Murderpedia.org and Murderpedia on YouTube. I don't know if they have any correlation, but the Murderpedia.org um, page had some excellent sources for like like that's where I found her statement that's where I found a bunch of recounts of what she had did in prison um also all of the notes that were left in the um nursery school have been transcribed there it's really really interesting there's also some stuff about the parents of the boys who were killed um it's like um it's all just plain text it's not that like engaging there's no like grizzly photos so <laughs> go ahead yeah. um there is a there is a photo gallery but i think it's mostly just pictures of her and the the victims as they were, they were yeah alive yes um and then i've got good old wiki and an encyclopedia of modern serial killers by michael That's newton cool. i haven't heard of that oh, one just pretty very cool, cool. yeah <sighs> and that it. is it super interesting thank you yes really you're welcome that. that was very good classic it was very very interesting <sighs> I dare not say fun, so do but it was a in little bit fun because I do opinion, like reading. Do you think she is yes. evil or she was a product of her upbringing? Product mm. of her upbringing. Definitely. Yeah. I kind of lean the 100%. same way on that. Um, yeah. yeah, and you presented that well. Like, I don't... It's really weird sometimes. Like, we were talking about this before, in a way, and it, it makes me think about it. How you can sometimes read an article and you're like, oh, this is weird. They're obviously really, like, fanatical about the person who committed the murder and it's kind of yeah. creepy. Um, but there's also ones where you can be like, oh, this person fucking hates this kind of, like, this kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The rage. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, like, like we were talking about before, how there's, like, teenagers and young children who are in a bad situation are fucking, something happens to them. Um, and they have, like power trips basically like a lot of these violent yeah. fantasies are ways of gaining control back mm. um and when they do in like i can t- this is why i can totally see and we were talking about this a while ago um i was like yeah i think teenagers are a different beast yeah. than children yes. just because like they are things that go through all those hormones and things like that that happen when you're a teenager and like Kids are nasty. Kids are super, super nasty. Yeah. Kids are so fucking nasty. I was such a cunt. Oh, me too. But also everyone was such a cunt to me. And I'm just like, this is just, just there's like the cycle of just being bullied and being a bully is awful. It is. It's so bad. The second you get any power, you're like, no, 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 give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot it into my veins. Um, I'm glad I grew out of that. Oh, thank fuck. There is no yeah. more obnoxious person in the world than a teenager. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how like people who I know, like, decided to be high school teachers. I'm like, why the fuck would you do that to yourself? What kind of punishment do you think you need in your life? You're going to be a high school teacher. Nah, dude, they're fuck. God, I'm they're so fucking gross. saints. They must be. Like, I'm so yeah. impressed with people that do that job. I'm like, you could yeah. not pay me enough money to go back into no. high school. Oh, no. Amazing. Well, that leaves you, Lacey. Cool. So, what have you got for us? This cupboard has been great for the audio quality. 
but not really great for my spine. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> my spine's telling me no. But the audio quality is <laughs> good. All right. Um, so I did oh. Jesse Pomeroy. Yes. I know nothing. Tell I love everything. it. Oh, Tay, you're going to have a great time. I'm ready. So guys, I tried to play it fast and loose with these notes because there is so much detail in this. I can read the entire thing to you and there would still be details that I will be missing out on. I did not realize how much of a fuckhead this kid was and all like the crazy <laughs> shit that he did. So um, no. he is also known as the Boston boy fiend, the boy torturer, the demon, the red devil and the marble eye. Oh. Okay, let's go. Jesse Pomeroy was born in Boston in 1859 to Thomas Pomeroy, who was an abusive alcoholic dockyard worker, and his homemaker wife, Ruth, who adored him. Uh, Jesse disliked sports, don't we all, and spent most of his free time <laughs> yes. reading super violent tales like Dime a Penny novels about uh, the Native American wars. I've... Uh, there were, it was, every time I put Native American in this piece, it's because it had terrible, racist, like, things that they were called. Right, cool. Yes, of course. Um, so he was intelligent in the way a textbook psychopath is, but had a lot of problems with bullying at school because of how he looked. Um, he had a huge, bulky frame, was overly tall for his age. His head was huge and really, like, kind of a bit malformed. Um, but most distinctively, oh. he was born with a whitish membrane over his eye, which completely covered his iris and pupil, making his eye pure white. Fuck, that's scary his as hell. His own father oh. couldn't stand to look at him. Aww. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so his mother blamed um, the eye on a reaction from the smallpox vaccine. Oh, okay, but so anti-vaxxer on, anti right on our hands. But just yes. to dispel that, I looked up all known reactions to the smallpox virus since its inception in 1796, and there was no go. descriptions of the vaccine affecting the eyes in any way. It was mainly like skin stuff, not eye stuff. So she okay. was wrong. <laughs> Get fucked. So when he did manage to play with other children, it was only because they were playing uh, cowboys and Native Americans. Because he wanted to play the Native American, because they were always like depicted as like massive animal savages back in the day, so that he could reenact torture methods like scalping on like the captive cowboys, like he'd read in the novels. Oh God! Like, oh. But, okay. So yeah. Jesse's mother loved her son, even though he regularly stole money from her, lied to her, was always like wagging school, and she knew that he had a soup. He was super vicious. Um. Here we go. So we've got some animal mutilation tag here. So okay. before he turned 10, lots of pets disappeared from their neighborhood. Uh, when he was five, he was caught torturing a cat. By the way, that cat survived. Oh. I made sure I researched that. That's fine. The cat was fine. Oh um, I'm glad that someone recorded yep. that. Thank fuck. Mm -hmm. A detail we and needed. One day, his mother came home from work to find that Jesse had killed her two canaries by twisting off their heads. Oh, my God. Oh, little bird bones, yeah. no. Those poor birds. Fucking yeah. hell. Um, Jesse's uh, piece of shit father would often punish Jesse by <laughs> stripping him naked, 
and beating him with a belt until blood was drawn. Um, so the oh, stripping, yeah. the naked thing, it wasn't like a sexy thing. It was because the father didn't no. want the clothes to be a barrier to the belt so that it would hurt more and there'd be more blood. So it wasn't oh, a sexy thinking thing. thinking it through. That's, that's really yeah. sadistic. But somehow... And humiliating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But somehow, 12-year-old Jesse forged a link between the pain and punishment of the beating and sexual satisfaction really, really Oh, hard. no. Here we so, go. So this is basically what he would later recreate on his victims. Right. Okay. So before I go on, Jesse had a brother yes. who was also, I think he was called like subnormal intelligence. He was obviously a bit like, you know, um, didn't look right either. You know, right in quotation yeah. marks. Um, called Charles. Mm-hmm. He was normal. He didn't do this shit. He grew up and had a family and had a job and had all these normal things. And he had the same problems. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right? This guy's a prick. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so we can say with Mary Bell, like, massive fucked up. Whereas this kid had a brother, got the same punishment, lived a normal, healthy Christian life. Anyway. <laughs> Virtuous, perhaps. Right. Um, in fact, he was very kind. So, That's there you weird. go. Okay, so here's where it all goes downhill. Further, Further downhill. Oh, yeah. More than it has with the canary heads. <laughs> yeah. So, this is when, starts when he's 12. This is when all the stuff happens. Okay. So, December 1871... Two men walking past an old outhouse uh, heard whimpering. As they approached the building, they realised that it wasn't a dog, it was a crying child. Upon entering the building, the men saw four-year-old Billy Payne hanging by his wrist from a beam. He was half naked, his back covered in welts, and his hands were purple due to the blood trapped by the bindings. Oh, And also it was December in Boston. So, so cold. cold. Yeah. The men cut the boy down. And his fucking shoulders were probably dislocated. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. The men cut the boy down. He's four. Um, Billy was in no condition to give any police a, any clue to the attacker. And the police sort of filed it away as an isolated incident. Um, <laughs> yes. No one would do lazy. this again. They've done it once, but not yeah. again. <laughs> okay, that's incredible. So then lazy. in February of 72... So, like, two months later. Tracy Hayden, mm. now Tracy's a, a boy's name as well, um, yes. was lured to the same uh, place called Powderhorn Hill um, with the promise of, quote, going to see the soldiers, unquote. Once the boys were alone, Jesse bound and tortured him, whipping him, knocking out Tracy's front teeth, breaking his nose and threatening to cut off his penis. Um, Tracy was so <laughs> fucked up from the assault that he was unable to describe his assailant beyond having brown hair. Fuck. So, how badly do you need to scar someone so they're like, he had brown hair, I have no idea what Yeah, else. and considering how different this kid looked to everyone else. Yeah, it's so very distinctive. Two, like... you know, um, things. Yeah. So, in next one, in the spring okay. of 1872, so they said spring. And I got about of an April-May kind of vibe from when the Boston Globe was doing it, the old paper. Uh, couldn't mm, get yes. exact dates because, you know, 
they were kids and no one cared. Good police, Good police. work. <laughs> um, yeah. Jesse promised eight-year-old Robert Mayer that he would go and see Barnum's Circus. Instead, Jesse took the boy to Powderhorn Hill at that outhouse and attacked him. Uh, Jesse stripped oh, Robert no. and beat him with a stick. Uh, Robert later reported to police that Jesse was fondling himself while he was beating Robert. And then once Jesse, huh. like, got off, uh, he freed Robert and told him that if he told anyone he would kill him. Um, so this oh, is, like, when okay. he's realised that he can... Jacking it to beating other kids is, like, what is like his life is about at that moment. Okay. So the Boston police think how like, oh, these other two incidents went isolated. Three kids have been through this. Massive manhunt ensues, questioning hundreds of people with no luck. There was a $500 um, reward for capture, which would have been... Cons- That's a lot of money. In today's money, American dollars, would have been $10,578.50. Nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah really, really good. Well, at least they did a big 180 and went, okay, okay. maybe we should really put some effort yeah. in now. Um, so he was being called a fiendish boy uh, in the in all the media, and the media kind of whipped up a storm because the police couldn't catch him. Um, the kid, Jesse Pomeroy, became kind of like a boogeyman to the children of Boston. Like There were songs sung about him. Oh. Parents warned oh. children not to talk to strange boys. Um, the word spread very quickly that boys were being taken, um, but, uh, an inaccurate description of like, they're trying to make him more evil than he seemed and that it wasn't a boy at all. It was a man with a devilish appearance who was described as having red hair and a pointy red beard. Oh, great. Now no one's looking for the actual murderer. Well, not murderer yet. The 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 torturer. Yeah. Him from the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's what they were looking for. That's what they were looking for. Um, yes. I, I'm picturing also him wearing little stilettos. Yeah. yeah. His little crab claws. <laughs> so uh, Jesse struck again um, in mid-July of 1872, luring an unnamed seven-year-old um, to the outhouse on Powderhorn Hill. So the same place. The boy was stripped, bound, whipped and beaten until Jesse achieved orgasm and then he promised again to kill him if he let anybody know um, and then ran away and that was it. So around this time, Jesse's mother, Ruth, decided to move the family from uh, the Chelsea area to South, to South Boston probably because she maybe would have suspected that maybe her son uh, was, was, doing was a sex pest. <laughs> so a sex pest. the mum had like fierce loyalty and love towards Jesse and she always refused to believe that her boy was capable of these crimes. Um, mm, fierce loyalty oh and love but allows husband to be... Yeah, son. she actually chased mm-hmm. him out with a kitchen knife one night. The, the dad, oh, she was okay. like, fuck you, you okay. can't beat my boys anymore. She chased him out with the kitchen knife and the guy never came back. Oh, right. now she's a single mom doing it on her own her with, like, Good a monster you. for a son. Come through, really. <laughs> yeah. but, oh. so, Hey, only 50% of her children yeah, are monsters. Only 50% of her children are monsters. 
So you would have thought that, like, maybe she would have caught on when she saw that the boy torturer had moved his operation from Chelsea to South Boston around the same time the family relocated. So, nah, I get her into this place, isn't it? So this is also probably because Arantes around the dad left, like for good and fucked off somewhere. We don't know what happened to him. Um, Jesse probably killed him. This is also when the crimes escalated in violence. This is where he started to get more violent than he already was being. Seven-year-old George Pratt was wandering the South Boston shoreline looking for treasure. Bless. When he was approached by Jesse. So he was taken to a, a location and things like that. This time, during the attack, Jesse kept repeating the phrase, You have told three lies as he beat him with a leather belt. This time, Jesse mm. bit off a chunk of flesh from George's ass, and <gasps> then took a sewing needle and began stabbing him in, the, in his body. And then finally, he was trying unsuccessfully to pry open George's eyelids so he could stick needles in his eyes. <gasps> oh, ah! no. Don't no. Like I don't like that. Yeah. No. So the next uh, one, two, three, four, four victims. Um, I've just kind of done a quick, quick ones, quick like lightning, lightning round. round. Next one, seven. We are getting into double digits. <laughs> Seven-year-old uh, Johnny Balch, stripped, bound, tortured until Jesse came. Six-year-old Harry Austin mm-hmm. binds, beats him, then takes out a knife. He's got a knife now, and begins to stab the boy oh. and attempts to cut off the boy's penis. Oh. Seven-year-old Joseph Kennedy, stripped, bound, beaten, stabbed with the knife. And then five-year-old Robert Gould uh, was stripped, bound, beaten, slashed him with the knife. But he was able to give the first good description of the boy to the police. Uh, a large, a large boy with an eye like a milky. Now, a milky is a white marble. It's what you call your white marbles when you're playing marbles, is a milky. Yeah. A large boy with an eye like a milky. So, with the help from Joseph Kennedy, who also saw um, uh, Jesse, um, mm-hmm. Boston police conducted a classroom by classroom search uh, in the Boston school system for the marble eye. Um, when the police came to Jesse's school, Jesse was wagging, so he was never identified. <gasps> <laughs> Such a Bloody. simple fucking way to get mm-hmm. out of it. Rat bag. You just think they turn around and be like, hey, are there any kids that aren't here today? Yeah, that one kid with the milky fucking eye isn't here today. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Alright, have a good day. <laughs> Cheers, thanks. <laughs> fucking hell. So, here's where it gets interesting. Further, Further interesting. interesting. Beyond all the horrible So, so like torture. Mary Bell, Jesse was into mm. knowing what the police were doing at the time. Mm. So, yeah. he walked into the South Boston police station at the same time Joseph Kennedy and the officer who had accompanied him around the schools walked in as well. (gasps) Jesse saw Joseph and later dazed it at the door, but Joseph had already seen him and told the police, like, that's him, that's him. him. And he had, like, (laughs) eight police officers running him down. Um, He didn't didn't (gasps) leave the street. He was caught. Good. <laughs> Fucking hell. I was going to say, if this kid escapes with, like, 
one good eye <laughs> and eight officers <laughs> chasing him. I'm impressed. Yeah. Well I also done. don't know how much he could see out of that eye. I don't know if he was partially yeah. I was just thinking blind, that. But something. Because a membrane Cataract. makes me think that, yeah. like... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Can't see very well out of it, I would yeah. assume. But who fucking knows? I'm not... Yeah. I'm not an eye man. Not an eye man. Optometrist. I was trying to remember what they called. There we go. <laughs> an eye man. An eye man. An eye man. Yeah, sorry. Coming soon to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Eye man. Eye woman. I am legend. Okay. So, Jesse was brought before a magistrate, and each of the victims recounted his tale and identified Jesse as the guy who did the shit to him. Jesse's mum. <laughs> took the stand in defense of her son, um, oh, no. made a huge scene. How dare you? You've got the wrong boy. He could never do these no, things. No, we don't. He's a good boy. She no, wept. No, we don't. Jesse's He mom. was obedient and hardworking. Um, she didn't actually mention anything about, like, the family pets. That She didn't mention <laughs> yeah. that, even though. Let's leave that detail. Yeah. When he was asked by the magistrate uh, why he did the attacks, he said, quote, I couldn't help myself, unquote. No. So the justice magistrate was like, "Um, cool, so you're going to reform school until you're 18 and you're going to stay there Mm -hmm. and (laughs) reform and then we'll see what happens. Um, But Jesse, apart from being like, you know, he was smart. So he knew that the chance to leave the reform school before his 18th birthday was to become the model prisoner. So he oh. was uh, fucking amazing at that reform school. He was great. Of course. Um, there was one incident, just one, when he was asked by a teacher to help kill a snake. He said he would help, <gasps> and he basically worked himself up into this huge frenzy and beat the snake into an oozing pile. Fuck but hell, he was, that poor snake. But otherwise he was fine. Okay. <laughs> Totally reformed. Um, <laughs> he just really enjoyed murdering something one super, time. Super, super did. Um, all this time, his mother was campaigning to free her son, her innocent son. Um, she was annoying and wrote a lot of letters to a lot of people saying he was too young to be the perpetrator of such crimes and that the police arrested the wrong boy. And then when they mm. went to the reform school, he was like this fucking great kid. And reform school worked. So... A year and a half after his arrest, Jesse Pomeroy was set loose on an unsuspecting public, and this ignorance oh no. would have tragic consequences. Fuck. Because what do killers do, or what do like rapists and people who beat people up do when the victims can identify them? They'll make sure that they're not in a state to identify them. Yep. Oh no. Oh no. Mm. They'll tie up. Here that we go. That's right. Oh, no. So oh, no. six weeks after he was paroled in Westboro, he was released into the care of his mother. Um, and she did such a fucking great job beforehand. So obviously it was just going to you know, <laughs> be amazing. His mother had a dress dressmaking shop in kind of like um, a news agency kind of thing. Two in one. Sure. So 10 year old Katie Curran, dressed in a black and green plaid dress, entered the store looking for a new notebook. She had a new teacher at school um, that was starting that day, and she said she wanted to have a nice, clean new notebook for that teacher. She was very good at school, um, oh. very bright. Awesome. Um, Jesse said that he had 
one downstairs in the cellar that he could give her for two cents off because it had some blotches of ink on it. She was like, that sounds great because I'm a 10-year-old and have zero money. Yeah. Just tear the pages out, bruh. So she followed him down and barely had enough time to realise that she had been tricked before Jesse attacked her. This is a quote from the prick himself. Quote, I followed her, put my arm around her throat, my hand over her mouth, and with my knife, I cut her throat. I then dragged her behind the water closet, laying her head furthest up the place. Um, it's like a sort of big, you know, a water closet hole in the wall. And I put some stones yeah. and some ashes on her body. Jesse would confess, uh, said this uh, quote, after Katie had been found in such a severe state of decomposition. Um, but when she was found, her head was completely severed and her abdomen and genitals had been mm. mutilated. Oh, God. So he'd come back to the... Mm. Yeah. I mean, it was scene. It was just Returned. downstairs from his house. So he yeah. could just go there oh anytime he wanted, I guess. Um, so then after he killed Jess, uh, Katie, he then uh, washed his hands and went back to work as if nothing had ever happened. Fuck. Uh. Wild. So several people had seen Katie go into Pomeroy's shop that morning and despite Katie's body rotting beneath her, when Mrs. Pomeroy re- re- like received a visit from the police, she was a complete bitch and felt victimised because her son was a prime suspect in a murder. Oh, and Katie was downstairs, like in her fucking house. Um, Mrs. Pomeroy, it smells like a dead fucking body in your house yeah. and your son... Has been linked to this ship before, but mm. no. Nope. Not my boy. So, <laughs> Mrs. Curran, Katie's mother, um, knew. She was like, holy shit, my, my kid is dead and your son did it. Um, but at the police station, his name's Captain Dyer. He assured her that Jesse couldn't be involved because he only attacks little boys and he has also been completely mm. rehabilitated. Um, in fact, this Captain oh, yeah. Dyer was the one who said at the reform school, oh, yes, he's re- rehabilitated. He can go out now. So that guy mm. fucked up. Yep. So royally, despite a massive search, Katie was never found at that point. Oh, fuck's sake. Now, what the local rumours were was, um, so Katie, uh, Katie's father was a Catholic. Her mother was a Protestant. We know that has issues. So yes. um, what the local rumours and things, the reason why she disappeared, everybody said, was because Katie's father had sent her to a Catholic convent and didn't tell her mom about it because he wanted his daughter to be Catholic. Um, oh. Unfortunately, that wasn't the okay. case. That would be great if she was a nun. No, finally. She's not. Um, so there is, in between the next murder... There was a little boy called Harry who was five years old and was walking down the street holding Jesse Pomeroy's hand, you know, obviously on the way to go somewhere, when an unnamed teenager who knew who Jesse was stopped them in the street, um, took the five-year-old home back to his mother, yelled at Jesse, called oh. him all the, the names. Um, Bless saved, that, saved kid. that kid. Unnamed hero. Saved that kid's life. No idea who is and yeah. he doesn't have a name. But he obviously oh. felt strong enough that he, you know, went up against Jesse. <laughs> so, 
So yeah. we hope that he's alive somewhere. Um, well, not anymore, but you know, he's <laughs> out that day. Yeah, well. <sighs> so. I hope his descendants are wildly rich and yeah. happy. Yeah. Yes. May the of thousand blessings yes. on his house. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, finally, in April of 1874, at the age of 14, Jesse decided to torture and kill four-year-old Horace Millen the moment he saw him. Horace even brought him a cupcake from the bakery and shared it with his new friend. Jesse suggested oh. they go to the harbour to see the steamship dock there. Once out of sight, he slashed... Uh, Horace's throat open. Oh my! But God. Horace was still alive. Oh my God! He took eighteen Ooh. more stabs to sever the windpipe, and all over no! um, Horace's like uh, arms and you know there was heaps of defensive wounds. So he fought a lot, you know, considering he was a. Oh. Um, after Horace was dead, uh, Jesse mutilated the genitals, and um, Horace was found later on that afternoon by two brothers. Who thought somebody had left a rag doll on the hill? That's how small oh. he was. They thought he was a doll. Um, that's tragic as fuck. Oh my god. That's so upsetting. Poor kid. Yeah. So there was only one logical suspect. That kid with the marble eye who liked to torture boys. <laughs> but that was impossible as Jesse Pomeroy was safely locked away until he was 18. When it was revealed... To the local police, the local police had not been informed that he had been paroled. No way! Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) The police found him at his home and took him into custody despite his mother's uh, protests. Fuck off, Mum. Jesse reassured his mother that he hadn't done anything and promised that he would be home soon. Jesse was calm and collected, even as he showed them the pocket knife caked in blood. Uh, his shoes covered mm. in marsh grass, which is where in the area, and the scratches on his face mm. that he got from, quote, shaving, unquote. Shaving. Um, that was the same knife he used to kill Katie as well. Oh, my God. So the police actually used a technique that's now used in modern policing today. Um, they took plaster casts Ooh. of his shoes and matched them to the footprints of the crime scene. Clever. Very cool. Proud of them. Very cool. When, it's very modern. When he was told that he was under arrest for the murder of Horace, um, he was like, you can't prove anything. You have to let me go. <laughs> yes, we can. But they super could. They had everything. Because he was one of those people who was like, I'm smarter than the police. So, you know, they have nothing. Because oh, I was so uh-huh. smart because I got out of that reform school. Like, you know. So yeah. Yeah. the evidence was so sufficient it warranted charges um, for first-degree murder. Yes. Um, Good job. It only took how many people to die? <laughs> Just two. Uh, well, one mm. at the moment. They don't, haven't found Katie yet. Yeah. So the penalty for Boston in Boston and Massachusetts for murder was death by hanging. Because they had never executed mm. anybody as young as him, there was like a big, like, it was sort of like a bit outrageous... People didn't. People were like, "Well, reform school obviously didn't help him. Um, what do we do with this kid?" So um, there is a huge. Uh, there is a great book by. Oh, shit, hang on a sec. Um, mm-hmm. Harold uh, Schickner, 
fiend for the shocking true story of America's youngest serial killer. Um, mm-hmm. oh. And that goes all through the court and all the trials and everything because it was such a huge case. Um, that I'm yeah. not going to mention it because if you're interested in it and thinking about like, do we kill a child? We should, but we shouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> that's a different thing. So I'm, not, I'm just glossing over that because we're all about murder and we don't have time to go into like law and order shit. Here we go. <laughs> I've got this um, quote from the Boston Globe. The boy Pomeroy seems to be a moral monstrosity. He had no provocation and no rational motive for his atrocious conduct. He did not know the little lad Millen at all, but enticed him away and cut and hacked him to death with a penknife merely for sport. People hated the cunt. Like, he, they wanted him dead. But they were like, <laughs> you can't kill a child because yeah. that's bad. You know what I mean? That we'd be as bad yeah. as him. So Just lock him away until he's an adult. Then you can yeah. kill him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let him marinate for a few more years. Yeah, and then double check. You'd be like, mm, do I still think we should kill this guy? <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. I do. Um, so back to Jesse's mom. Mm-hmm. Ruth Pomeroy made herself, like, didn't make anything easy for herself. She continued to insist on Jesse's innocence and, Ruth! and blamed the grieving families for her son's fate. <laughs> oh, Ruth! Oh, Victim blaming! Jesus Christ! She had to Bitch. close down her store because nobody was buying from there. Yeah, no and that shit, kind of Ruth. Thing. And also, um, so because she had, you know, nobody's buying to close down, uh, the tenant who took over from her lease wanted to expand. So he decided to refurbish oh, the basement. Oh, no. Oh, and it didn't no. take long for the workmen to find the remains of Katie Curran. Oh, <gasps> Katie. She was there she for was so there long. For long so there's no way that sh- Ruth didn't know that there was a fucking body rotting in her store. You know? Like, yeah. yeah. The, the smell. smell. July. July, August, September. Yeah. Bugs. Bugs. Yeah. So when asked why he killed the girl, Jesse gave a blank look and said, quote, I don't know. I really wanted to see how mm. she would act. Because he'd never killed oh. a girl before. Okay. Um, so because there was a body rotting in the bottom of the store, Ruth and uh, Jesse's brother Charles were both arrested as accessories to murder. And it, that was kind of... I forgot about Charles. Huh. was kind of used against Jesse being like, we're going to arrest your whole family because for murdering this kid. Are you going to confess to it? And then yeah. he's like, yeah, okay, I'll confess to it. And that way <laughs> his mother and his brother got to go home. Fucking hell. <sighs> Poor Charles. Yeah. Um, so yeah. basically the matter was settled in August... Uh, of the next year to commute uh, the sentence of hanging to life in solitary confinement for the rest of his days. So, <gasps> oh my God. Jesse Polroy was 16 years old when he entered the Charleston State Prison because it was like the trial was so long, it lasted years, all this stuff. Um, he spent yeah. the next 53 years there, 41 of those were in solitary confinement. Gen- <laughs> Gen pop, general population was not a good time for him because people just wanted to kill him. Other murderers were like, how yeah. do you kill kids? You know how that goes. Um, yeah. And I just want to leave with um, a quote from uh, Boston Globe. When describing Jesse's features, uh, he said, they are wicked eyes, sullen, brutishly wicked eyes. And as in the moments of wandering 
thought the boy looks out of them. He seems one who could delight in the writhings of helpless victims beneath the stab of his knife. The puncture of all or the prick of pain he is so often delighted in. There is nothing interesting in that look. He is altogether unsympathetic and merciless. And that is Jesse Pomeroy, the boy fiend. Oh my god. Yeah. Fucking hell. That's intense, thank you. Very intense. Fuck. That's a fucking yeah. time, right? Yeah. <sighs> Ruth. Ruth, Ruth, Ruth. And yeah. get his quickly. mother was his only uh, visitor in prison, by the way. Mm. Okay. She or she believed Fair. that he was innocent till the end. She could she was in such denial. <laughs> yeah. What were you gonna God. say, mm. Tay? Because I just quickly like just on the comment of solitary mm. confinement and how I am experiencing isolation. I can't <sighs> imagine what solitary years. confinement must be. Because I've been in self imposed isolation loosely for a since March, yeah. <laughs> uh, I still I still am considered essential, so I do work once or twice a week, um, and I'm just like clawing up the walls <laughs> of with just like trying to deal with it. So like being in prison solitary yeah. confinement with no stimuli. Yeah, it, oh, it's suffocating. I've been um reading a book it's about a uh, Goulburn jail Mm -hmm. in australia um which is for max security prisoners Mm -hmm. um and they have a lot of uh of our worst criminals in um isolation uh and Mm -hmm. they're basically in permanent isolation they occasionally are allowed because basically the way this cell is constructed i found this really interesting um Mm -hmm. they two prisoners will each have their own cell and they share yep. a common room that they alternate and get access to. Um, okay. And that occasionally they might be allowed in together for an hour. Um, but it's caused problems because, like, Ivan Malat tried to cut off his fucking pinky finger and send it out through the other prisoner to an Australian premier or something like that. Oh, um, God, fucking Malat. <laughs> yeah. And uh, another <laughs> Australian murderer, serial killer, I believe he was, um, was almost... Uh, had his like throat slashed by another prisoner who he was sharing the common room with. Um, yeah, all sorts of shit like that. But uh, yeah, they say it's like very, very bad for the human psyche. And I can only imagine because we have something to do. Like we have uni right now. Lacey doesn't. Yeah. But um, yeah, we have something that's like, okay, I have to actually do things while I'm in confinement. So at least there's yes. like part of your time is consumed by something. But can you imagine confinement without Netflix. <laughs> And, yeah. like, no internet. No Animal Crossing, no stupid Dalgona coffee. No just memes. Just fucking, just the wall, mm-hmm. just no memes. Yeah. Yeah. You have limited access to a radio. You have limited access to a TV. You have limited oh God, access no podcasts. to... I know. <laughs> you can't do anything. Like, I can oh only God. imagine it. It's fucking wild. It's always so interesting when you look at stuff like that and, like, the prison system in, say, Sweden, um, how it's yes. a lot about reform and things like that. People get, mm-hmm. like gaming systems and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um and how some people are like no so mad about it yeah it's just really interesting to like now having not even remotely a similar situation but having some form of isolation imposed upon you where you're not allowed Mm -hmm. to do what you want to do you're just like oh this kind of sucks i can only even begin to have an idea of what it must be like to have all those liberties taken away 
wild. Mm. Sauces before I forget. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's getting so Light hot hops. in the cupboard. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody let her out from under the stairs. Um, yeah. Uh, so the crime library uh, Mark, by Mark Gribben, uh, his article in there was amazing. Criminalmindsfandom.com. Ooh. Murderpedia, Wikipedia. Uh, Murder by Gaslight, which is a guy who just does, um, he blogs about like all like, you know, the gaslight murders, so like murders in America back in the day. Great read. Ooh. Um, and then Harold uh, Scheiter, 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 uh, Fiend, Shocking True Story of America's Youngest Serial Killer, is amazing. Um, very, very good deep dive. Does a lot more description than me. Um, mm-hmm. And I had nine pages worth of shit. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> a <laughs> journey. Know. Welcome. Uh, yeah. So. That was highly enjoyable. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Fucking wild. Prick, eh? yeah. So he only killed two people, but he is considered a serial killer. It's really so interesting. He has confessed to a total of 27. So. Twenty-seven. Ah, do they have evidence? So these or these kids uh, were the white ones. Right. Oh, there it is. And mm. also because there's a lot of okay. times where the because he's not he's normally like pretty much like every two months something happens, right? And then there's these big blocks mm-hmm. of time where there's nothing, where people are like, oh no, he definitely did something through here, but we just don't know what. Right. Um. And it was probably someone that nobody at the time mm-hmm. would have been too bothered yep. about. That's yep. so sad. So, if he probably, he definitely, definitely had more victims. Um, okay. Wow. Either just like from like his torture thing or if he killed someone. I mean, Katie wasn't right. found for three months and she was in their house. So, if he'd stuffed yeah. somebody somewhere else they might have never been found or if they were found you know you wouldn't be able to tell what happened to them um yeah if it's just like you know bones or whatever but yeah so they think he's got a lot more and there's a lot more theories and things like that uh in uh, that guy's book as well as to That's who else was a possible victim yeah oh, um, i love it i'm so interested yeah. <sighs> grizzly time to go buy that book yeah. Mm-hmm. Time to go and refill my birth control yes. prescription. <laughs> Don't have kids. No COVID-19 babies. Thank you. They could turn out like these ones. No. Oh. Can you oh, imagine God. the population boom we're going to get? <gasps> we are. It's going to be a high divorce rate and a high <laughs> yeah. new birth rate. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm just learning that JD and I just need the rabbit. Yeah. To not like to be happy. <laughs> just, that's all we really need. We've just sort of been bopping around the house with the rabbit and just turn, turning to each other every so often and being like, he's so cute. And the other one would be like, oh. I know. <laughs> that's all oh, we that's need. Oh, that's so sweet. That's very full. It's really lame. Um, I did get really emotional last night watching the, uh, <clears throat> the speech from um, one of the husbands of the four police officers that were killed this week. Mm. Yeah. That was so sad. Mm. That was absolutely yeah. awful. Uh, Just an awful time. That guy, the Porsche, Dick, Dick Pussy. Yeah, his name is Dick, Dick Pussy. <laughs> yeah. Um, fuck that guy. He yeah. is a horrible person. 
uh, yeah, big big unhappy with yeah. him. Yeah. God, it's awful. A thousand curses on his house. Yeah, not into him. Not into and him all at all. All the houses before and all the houses mm-hmm. after. <laughs> Fuck you. Yep. Uh, just to reiterate, if you uh, didn't heed our warnings at the start and you did listen and you are feeling a bit uncomfy, a little bit gross, a little bit mm-hmm. upset, please reach out to someone. Uh, Beyond Blue, Headspace, all the good stuff. I bleach on Reddit. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Look at like yes. there's lots of puppies. Even yeah. Yeah. Excellent subreddit. Mm. Yes. Hmm. Please look after yourselves, both in isolation and outside yep. of isolation. Yeah, exactly. Um, take yeah. good care of yourselves. Um, keep in touch with each other. Zoom is funny. Real funny. Yeah. Uh, yes. You should try it. <laughs> you can make your background to the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen. I highly recommend yeah, it. Uh, me and a few friends <laughs> have been doing uh, drag makeup on Zoom, just getting a bit drunk and oh, doing so some big, uh, big outrageous <laughs> makeup. Because we have a lot of expensive makeup that's not getting used right now. Okay. All right. All righty. Well, the Weird Sisters podcast coming yes. to you from a cupboard near you. I need to get out of here. Yes. So bad, you can guys. find. Oh. Calm down, Harry Potter. No. Yeah. Please visit us on our socials, weirdsisterspodcast.com. Thank you very much. Yes. Goodbye, Bye. hags. Goodbye. <laughs>